Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Buchanan, investment advisor, portfolio manager, and retirement planner extraordinaire. Downloading viruses of pathological optimism and investment insights straight from my brain to yours. This, yet again, is going to be a fun one. Warren Buffett is the man I try to emulate in most respects when it comes to investing. I am not willing to tolerate the same level of volatility as he is, uh, because my clients cannot tolerate it. Uh, in my own portfolio, I do more closely approximate the way he manages money, which basically just means swinging larger uh, when you get a great opportunity. Uh, but you can't reasonably put more than 10% of a client's portfolio into a single company because the volatility can get pretty silly, uh, especially if you do something like what uh, Warren Buffett suggests, which is uh, put even more than that in the companies that you really feel confident about. Anyway, I do, just about as much as possible, though, use his principles in any account where long-term return maximization is the objective. And this is the podcast where we will talk about uh, one of the lessons Buffett can teach us, and then also look at why most people don't actually take this piece of advice, even though they say and think that they are, and would certainly tell you that they were, uh, when we can uh, definitively prove that they are not. Now, uh, before we dive in, I want to say something about Warren Buffett. Uh, all of the media, people like you and me, uh, financial advisors, um, ask anyone in finance, pick their role, whether it's analyst, CEO, reporter, does not matter. Um, if you ask people what they think about Warren Buffett, they will undoubtedly tell you they admire him, he's brilliant, and people should follow his advice. And this is true of virtually anybody that manages money. And that makes sense because who, uh, as a money manager, uh, is going to say that they don't try to emulate the most successful money manager who has ever lived. Um, but the reality is very few people actually follow his advice. And it's just because it's super tough to do. Uh, I can think of three hedge fund managers off the top of my head, none of whom are particularly successful, uh, none of whom have come close to receiving the market's returns in the past 10 years. But they all had their moment in the sun a while back. They all have $100 million plus, and while that's not a ton, it's something. I certainly don't have that much yet. But while these three particular fund managers that I'm thinking about practically sell themselves as Warren Buffett clones, they don't actually do what Buffett does. Um... In many ways, actually. They still charge 2% of assets and 20% of profits. Or in one case, they charge 25% of profits but no rat fee. And that's the 2% part. Warren Buffett would not condone these fee levels. Um, but on top of that, in terms of actually taking his investment advice, uh, like the piece of advice that we're going to look at today, uh, they don't do that either. And I've been watching these guys manage money now for going on five years. I've seen time and again, because their positions are public information, all hedge funds have to release to the public something called a 13F, which tells you everything that is in their portfolio. So what they put their money in is public information, and I've watched what they put their money in. And over and over, they buy companies that violate some of the very basic principles that Buffett is always telling people to follow. Uh, and it's amazing to me. Sometimes I feel like in the twilight zone. How can these people who are so smart and who claim to idolize Buffett and know everything about him, how can they keep on repeating mistakes that are so easily avoided 
if they simply followed Buffett's advice. So, what is the rule we're going to talk about today? The rule we're going to talk about is, don't invest in things you don't understand. This seems pretty basic. It sounds easy to follow. Don't invest in things you don't understand. But interestingly enough, most people have a very hard time following this rule. Why is that? Well, I actually know the answer to this conundrum. And the reason I know it is because I am not only a student of finance, I am a student of humans. I've read probably as many books on human psychology, behavioral psychology, even the psychology of animals, as I have books on investing. In hindsight, I might even say that understanding humans is more important to long-term investing success than understanding finance. Um, I'm going to take a brief aside, and then I'm going to go back uh, and explain uh, why these successful smart people uh, can't follow Warren Buffett's advice. But here's a quick uh, anecdote. When Apple stock dropped 40% first half of 2013, it was the most obvious stock purchase I've seen in my 10-year career. It had about 40% of its market cap in cash. It traded at half the value of the S&P 500. And if you looked at its cash flow, um, even if revenue dropped 5% a year and margins plummeted, it would still be an insanely profitable and insanely cheap company relative to about anywhere else you could put money at the time. So the numbers themselves justified a purchase even if you thought the business was going down the tubes. But the business wasn't even going down the tubes. So what happened? As the stock dropped for who knows what reason, every analyst on the planet lowered price targets, started making comparisons to Motorola and Nokia and who knows who else, BlackBerry even, which of course were all ridiculous. Uh, but all of these analysts were smart guys, 130 IQ+, plus, Ivy League educated, Goldman Sachs included among them. And because the stock price was going down, all they did was try to figure out how to explain why. They stopped trying to figure out what Apple was worth and started trying to figure out how to justify why it was falling so that they did not look silly. And this is what most analysts do. Be very weary of paying attention to their price targets or really anything else they say. Almost like clockwork, one to two times a year, I am buying some company that no one likes. And because no one likes it, it's cheap. With the most recent example uh, being Disney uh, because of ESPN fears. But stocks that have fallen... Uh, into the category of nobody likes them when I was buying them. And uh, these are just stocks in the past three years or so. <laughs> Include really great companies like Union Pacific, United Technologies, of course, Apple, Diageo, the company that makes liquor, um, and Cisco. And uh, there were other companies we bought, um, but, but the ones that I listed, those are ones that specifically didn't really have many analysts saying good things about them. It was tough to find anybody say good things about them. But if you get a good company with great financials and a rock-solid balance sheet, um, and you hear a bunch of negativity about that company, that's when you really need to dive in because you might just pick up a gem. So when Apple stock had fallen almost, or when Apple stock had fallen 40% and had almost 40% of its market value in cash, the stock, the stock was cheaper than it had been on a valuation basis in 10 years. At the same time, though, Analysts were just about the most bearish uh, I had ever seen. This was insanity, like I had uh, not run across on such a massive scale when it comes to perception on a single business. So, you tell me, what did it take to step in right then and there and buy Apple? We actually made it our biggest position, and it has been num number one ever since. But what did it take to make that call to buy their stock when the world was saying it was over? It wasn't brains, it wasn't IQ, 
didn't take any genius to tell you that the stock was priced for death, even though its future was still ranging anywhere from okay to freaking awesome. It didn't take any deep knowledge of finance. It just took the emotional stability and the understanding of human psychology to realize that all the other people saying it was over were falling prey to herd mentality, lemming syndrome, and really a pretty deep but typical laundry list of psychological stumbling blocks that are very tough for most people to avoid. They couldn't see the forest. Apple is an amazing company trading at a ridiculous price for the trees, which were things like Apple sales had just dropped year over year for the first time, hence they're going to turn into Motorola in the next six months, or some such nonsensical reason uh, to sound the death knell. Now, not a single one, as far as I can think off the top of my head, of my most successful investments has ever been because I'm a genius that made some sort of brilliant analysis about the future demand for something, GDP growth impacting something, the margin changing for some reason that nobody else sees. My most successful investments are almost always founded in some sort of very simple thesis that the market is missed for some reason. This is a human psychology skill. This is a behavioral skill. This is not strictly a skill that comes from understanding financial concepts. Now, of course, you have to know the finance, but that's not the hard part. The hard part is not learning the finance. The hard part is being able to correctly identify when the crowd is right, which it normally is, and when the crowd is wrong. So, back to the question. Why can't smart people follow what seems like very basic, straightforward advice? In this case, don't invest in things you don't understand. Okay, I'm going to tell you another story, and this is going to be the basis of the answer to this question. A boy asks Warren Buffett for a piece of investing advice. Warren Buffett tells the boy, Only invest in things you understand. The boy thanks Warren Buffett for this incredible advice and goes off to pick a stock. He spends all day, or let's say he uh, actually spends all week, researching and reading and researching and reading. And after he spent an entire week learning tons of stuff, he goes out and puts money into a biotech company that he found uh, out makes a drug that his parents take. Uh, he did all the research. He understands that his parents need this drug for their whatever condition. Uh, but, of course, lo and behold, you know where this is going. The following week, the stock tanks. Apparently, something had happened to some new technology that impacted something else, and a long line of reasons appear that explain why this company actually isn't as strong as even the mighty Goldman Sachs had thought. The boy is crushed. He feels like he knew everything. He did the research. He learned everything there was out there. Even Goldman Sachs said this company couldn't lose. Oh, well, the boy thinks. I guess sometimes you just get unlucky. Who would have thought XYZ could happen? What is the lesson here? When Warren Buffett said, don't invest in something you don't understand, what this boy heard was, don't invest in something you've never heard about or read about or researched. This is the same problem with all the hedge funds who've had such disastrous performance and who have so obviously deviated from following Buffett's advice. Even though they would still tell you, and they would mean it, that they are doing their best to follow his advice. They connect having read or research something to being able to understand it. Warren Buffett does not do this. When Warren Buffett tells you that he hasn't invested in technology, uh, which is something he says all the time, uh, until recently he's invested in IBM and Google, um, but those are the first two times in his entire 60-year career when he's invested in technology. And he's famous for saying, I don't invest in technology uh, because I just can't understand it. So, is Warren Buffett incapable of reading or researching technology? Rest assured, when he says he can't understand it, he's not telling you that he doesn't have the ability to read about it or talk to people who know about it. What he's telling you is he doesn't have the ability to understand it in a way that is useful for making a decision to invest in it and to allocate capital to it. 
The fact that the world's greatest investor is always saying that he doesn't understand this or that investment is your first warning sign that it is very easy to misunderstand this piece of advice. If you think you can go out and read about or research something for a week and then consider yourself as, quote, understanding it at a level necessary to actually put money into it, please reconsider. And that's what even these big professional hedge fund managers are getting wrong. Warren Buffett says, don't invest in things you don't understand, and they do it anyway, because they think that they are capable of understanding things that they are really not capable of understanding. They think understanding means reading a book, researching it, having your analyst do diligence on it, but that's not true understanding. I will give you a few examples that uh, trip up hedge funds who think they're too clever, um, just as anecdotes. Um, one is investing in foreign companies. There's example after example of disastrous investments in Chinese companies and Japanese companies and really all over the world. And most times it's because people think they can understand the business or think they can understand the government, uh, but in reality they can't. Uh, and something completely unforeseen happens, something completely unpredictable happens, and it's disastrous. Um, the example on the top of my head is Sino Forest, uh, which took a 50% uh, plus dive. I don't even know where it's trading right now or if it's even still around. Uh, but that nuked one of one of the biggest, most famous hedge funds anywhere. Uh, another example that I've seen numerous times is somebody investing in Africa, uh, and then you know maybe it's a mining company, and all of a sudden some local law gets passed where there's some huge tax rate on anything that comes out of the ground. And the economics of the entire business are just destroyed. A more recent example is Valiant Pharmaceuticals. Uh, this is a company that dropped 95%, costing investors billions, including famous people like Bill Ackman. Um, and there's there's a whole slew of famous hedge funds in this stock. And they just really didn't understand all of the dynamics that could impact uh, Valiant. Uh, there's another guy uh, I'm thinking of, uh, who I actually really like, and I'm not going to name him, but he bought a tiny mining company in the United States. I don't know why, I never heard his thesis, but rest assured it falls under the category of things that he wasn't really able to understand, and uh, sure enough, that small mining company went bankrupt. But even worse than making the mistake of thinking you can understand something you can't understand is not taking the right lesson away from the situation. The lesson is some things are just too difficult to be understood really by anybody uh, except maybe some expert in the industry that's been doing it for 40 years. You know, that's the people that should be playing in these microcap stocks or it's somebody that is intimately connected to the Chinese government that should really probably be investing in Chinese companies, uh, all except for the biggest Chinese companies that are really multinationals at this point. Now, um, beyond these examples of things I think most people really can't understand, the list is far longer uh, for... Uh, people like me and people who don't have massive teams of analysts and uh, who knows what, and probably it should be longer even for those people. Uh, but I put commodities businesses uh, into that category. Uh, biotech companies are in that category. Clothing companies, clothing brands uh, like Lululemon in that category. Hotel companies and property management companies fall in that category. Uh, at least the ones that are levered up and have to refinance their debt all the time. I put many restaurants into that category. Uh, I put basically any company that gets most of their revenue from brick and mortar or malls into that company. Foreign companies that aren't mo massive multinationals are 
uh, in that category. Auto companies now fall in that category. Uh, utility companies in Europe fall in that category. All small companies fall in that category. These are companies that are just too tough to understand because there's too many dynamics that can impact their business in negative ways uh, for people to really stay on top of uh, or to comprehend to a level of being able to successfully allocate capital uh, in those spaces. So, uh, it's not going to stop anybody from doing it or investing in it, um, but uh, the, the problem is that everybody sits and reads and researches, and the more they read, the more they feel like they really know what it is that they're reading. But if reading and researching something was all it took to understand it, then Warren Buffett would be capable of understanding anything, period. And certainly capable of understanding anything you or I could understand. And to reiterate, the fact that he's always saying he doesn't invest in XYZ because he doesn't understand it is a reason we should be very, very careful uh, before coming to the conclusion that we can understand something. Now, you probably want to know, Ben, what can I understand? Well, the answer, unless you have been obsessed with learning everything you can about business for the past 15 years, unless you've read hundreds of books and thousands of annual reports and so on, is probably not a whole lot. And that is very important to understand. I even consider myself, as well-read as I am, as capable of understanding less and less, not more and more, every year. Every year that passes, I don't sit here and add 15 things to the list of things I feel I understand. I remove 15 things from the list of things I thought I understood last year. And each year, my list gets shorter and shorter. And... Once your eyes are open to the fact that after reading and researching, which I believe if done correctly and with an open mind, should lead you to believe that you can understand fewer and fewer things than you previously thought, then you will be all well on your way to becoming a good investor. Um, Warren Buffett's number one rule of investing is don't lose money. Warren Buffett's number two rule of investing is don't forget rule number one. And the best way to lose money is to put money in things you don't understand. And the longer the list is of things that you just don't touch, the higher will be the quality of your pool that you are now choosing from. So 10 years ago, the list of things I thought I could understand literally included basically any business on planet Earth. Now that list is limited to uh, less than 100 or so companies, uh, with many entire sectors eliminated from the pool. The best way to stay out of trouble is to follow rules that keep you away from danger. Now, I know you're still thinking, Ben, you didn't even answer the question. What can I understand? Well, the most accurate response is that it's impossible for me to know what you can understand, but I'll say this. So long as you stick to simple theses and don't get tricky and stay away from all the danger areas I'm always laying out like foreign stocks and commodities-related businesses, then I think it's possible for you to understand whether or not some company is above average. You know that the biggest companies on Earth that are not in the danger areas I told you about, like Google and Microsoft and Berkshire Hathaway and United Technologies and Philip Morris and Procter & Gamble. Those big companies have businesses that are so steady that the important thing is not even understanding their business at a super deep level or understanding how the changing economy will impact their business. Those businesses are so steady that their management will basically do that for you. What you can understand is that over a very long period of time, if you're able to buy a basket of those stalwart masters of the universe at a discount to the market and don't sell them for 10 years, 
then you will probably beat the market itself, or at least approximate its return with lower risk. And you won't even have to pay somebody like me fees to do it. And that really makes a huge difference over time. Remember, each 1% a year you are giving to someone else is 1% you aren't getting. And a 1% difference in fees, also the same thing as a 1% difference in return, makes about a 30% difference in your portfolio size uh, if your retirement is 30 years away and you're saving a constant amount of money. So instead of having a million, you'll have 700K. Instead of having 3 million, you will have two. Uh, that's why you really, really, really need to make sure that if you have an advisor, they're worth their salt. Otherwise, you're probably paying them to lose you money. Now, outside of the biggest, best, most well-capitalized companies on earth, the level of knowledge and understanding that you have to get to be comfortable investing in a company and to have the wherewithal to stick with it as it tanks 50% is just too tough for most people. And I don't even try. I stick to what I'm comfortable with, and that is only the strongest companies on earth. Luckily, the market, rest assured, will give us opportunities to buy these companies on the cheap if we are patient. Now, of course, you could simply give me your money to manage for you, and that would probably be the better move. But this podcast is for everyone, not just people who want me to manage their money. I'll leave you with one thought. The moment you really realize that the more you read, the less you feel you can really understand it at a deep enough level to be meaningful, to be actionable, is the moment you're really starting to understand at the level which I think is necessary to be a successful investor. I know this sounds super philosophical, but it's very true and it's powerful when it comes to investing. If you still feel today like you can read something and then understand it immediately, no matter what the subject matter is, and then translate that knowledge into usefulness when it comes to investing, I suggest you give me your money to manage for a little while longer. Until you have read enough that you start moving in the other direction. And if you don't like to read, then just give me your money immediately. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. It's a lost cause to try and be an investor if you don't like reading. I've read more than anybody I know for a very long time. No, personally, that is. And... For the first five years or so of my career, I felt like the more I read, the more I knew. But I kept on making mistakes, very stupid mistakes, and mistakes that in hindsight should have been obvious if I had been able to decipher the difference between reading about something and having a little bit of knowledge on a topic and understanding it deeply enough to be able to invest in it successfully. So it took me five years of reading and making mistakes, some of them very big, for me to really begin to understand that the more I read, the less I should feel comfortable putting money in. And that is the litmus test I suggest for you, for being able to decipher in your own life when you've read about something or have some knowledge about it, and when you understand something in a meaningful way as it pertains to investing. As always, if you take these potent mental vitamins, the ones I am offering you, the ones I am feeding you derived from my reading and experience and overall financial brilliance, you will someday, so long as you don't spit out the vitamins like the people I mentioned in this podcast, like the hedge fund managers, you will someday be fortified and strong enough to successfully operate on your own in the public markets.